1: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hey, welcome to another edition of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, Metal Blade Records, and uh, alongside here with my co-host, Matt Bacon. We're gonna jump right into this one and one I'm very excited about, my good friend, Stephanie Cabral. Uh, You may not know her, you should know her. She's probably taken every photo of all of your favorite rock and metal musicians. Um, Her output is prolific. Her photographs have been featured everywhere. She's metal as fuck, she's a good friend and I'm so happy for her to be here. Uh, Hi, Steph.
0: Well, hello there. Metal as fuck, I like that title.
1: (laughs) You are, you're probably the most metal woman that I know.
0: I was pretty impressed. I didn't see a lot of females on the podcast other than Carla Harvey and I think I'm way more metal than she is yeah 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) this plans we got we're we're gonna have Susie Cole down the line please do yeah (laughs) we're gonna get Susie Cole on here we're gonna get Rita Haney on here we're gonna get the whole crew we're gonna get Tracy on here someday uh, Tracy Vera from Metal Blades. All so. right, so we're doing it, but um, but I thought of you because you know I'm in my office and within arm's reach is is photos from that Blacklight Media um showcase, which is now almost five years ago, if you can believe that. Well, we might be actually doing another showcase in uh, sometime early next year here in California. Um, I will keep you posted because I will definitely want your skills for that. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, so, yeah, so you are a super rad, famous metal photographer, which is one of the coolest jobs I can think of. How did you get there? Famous. Start at the beginning, girl. Famous. That's like saying celebrity chef. I'm a D-list celebrity and I'm okay with that. I'm not even making fun of myself. If you watch Food Network, you get very excited. If you meet me somewhere, if you don't watch Food Network, you don't know who I am. You might look at me like, how do I know that guy? But within the food world, yeah, I'm a celebrity. Within the metal world, you definitely are a celebrity. Everybody knows who you are.
0: Same here. If you're a metal photography nerd, you probably know who I am. So uh, I I guess I'll start from the beginning. Yeah. Loved metal, had no musical talent whatsoever. So I would go to concerts and um, I got a little camera from my parents when I was like 13 And uh, when I was about 16 or 17, I bought a little spy camera that took 35 millimeter film way before the days of cell phones and stuff like that. It was about the size of a, I was going to say cassette tape, but no one knows what that is either. A small cell phone, (laughs) a little thicker. And I would actually shove it down my pants because at the time they would search you for cameras. And then I would go to the front row of whatever show I could. I would like fight with all the boys and get in the mosh pit. So I grew up in Modesto, California, which is 90 miles east of San Francisco, 90 miles south of, Sa- of Sacramento. So middle of nowhere. But once I turned 16, I could lie to my parents and tell them I was going to a friend's house and I would drive my 20-year-old car into San Francisco and go to places like The Stone to see bands like Death Angel when I was a teenager.
1: Wow, very nice. So you so you get to the front row. Sorry, I interrupted
0: you. So I started just by doing that. And then um, I decided that I wanted to do it for a living. Went to college uh, for photography, took a high school class first, then uh, got an AA in art photography, and then came down to Los Angeles and finished out my degree at Cal State Fullerton, got a, my bachelor's in um, uh, photojournalism with an emphasis in photography. And from there, I pretty much, I think I graduated on a Friday and I started working on Monday for Rip Magazine. I'd interned there in college. So I was like, I want to be, I want to work here. I want to work here. And I kind of got my start being a photo editor there at like 21 straight out of college and uh, pretty much was able to shoot any band I ever wanted to because of that. So
1: I kind of backed into my career, which we won't get into now because this isn't about me. But, you know, um, how did you it Sounds like you knew pretty early that this is what you wanted to do? What what was it about looking through a lens and capturing whatever it was you're capturing? What was it that grabbed you about that?
0: So like, you know, when when I was in high school, I was a B art student. Like I was decent at art, but I wasn't an amazing artist. And then I took a photography class and I was just blown away because I could think up how I wanted a photo to look and I could make it happen exactly like it was. So I liked, I liked, and I liked music. So I liked being able to capture that, like, perfect second, that decisive moment, um, as you will, of like a band performing live. And then as I got older, it was, you know, doing sessions and stuff like that. So.
1: So when you first started really becoming a metal photographer were you doing mostly live stuff were you doing more portrait like or session stuff or was it a mix and which do you prefer now
0: i moved to la in 1990 and finished out my bachelor's degree and like i said i interned at rip magazine i pretty much went up to the editor at a i would go into like foundations forum and the nam show and i would i would make up like fake press passes so i could get in um i would show up at the back door at knac the radius the heavy metal radio station in la with my fake photo pass and be like um yeah i'm here to cover for rock city news um can i just take some pictures of whatever artist they had live on the air and most of the time the dj's didn't care they would take photo let me take photos so by the time i I graduated college and started working at at Rip. Um, I had mostly just done live photos. I had done a few sessions with friends and that kind of thing. But um, the colleges that I went to were more. It was more art photography, so it wasn't so much studio photography, um, which is kind of a bummer because I wish I would have learned that earlier in my career. And then working at Rip, you know, it gave me incredible access to everybody, and I kind of like. I had the degrees, but I also learned as I, as I went along and, you know, you learn that, you know, who you're friends with makes a big difference too. You know, it's like, I was friends with the publicist at Roadrunner Records. She introduces me to typo negative and Pete still's like, Hey, no photographer will do this shoot. I want to do out on the beach for spec. Will you do it? Huge fan. So of course I'm like, I'll do it, you know? And it's stuff like that. That's like, gosh, it's been 25, 30 years now um, since that kind of stuff. But uh, from Rip, then I, um, I worked at Metal Blade actually for a little bit, but I always did photography on the side. I was too chicken to do photography full time. So I was a photo editor at Rip Magazine and I shot for the magazine. And then once the magazine folded, when metal had its kind of down point in the mid-90s and you know, all the grunge took over, um, I started working... Brian's our friend Brian Slagle gave me a job at Metal Blade, but I still did photography on the side. I shot some of the Metal Blade bands, and even still, like, you know, I became friends with Sacred Reich and the Galactic Cowboys and Chris Barnes from Cannibal Corpse, Cannibal Corpse guys. And so I've done shoots with all of them recently, fairly recently, because I maintained a friendship from 25 plus years ago.
1: What happened to Galactic Cowboys, by the way? They were great, (laughs) they were like a heavier um, King's X.
0: Yes, exactly. They put out a new record. Gosh, it was probably been three years ago now. And they flew me out to Texas and I was like to do their photo shoot. And I'm like, why are you flying me out? I'm sure there's a local photographer. They're like, we haven't done a photo shoot since it hasn't been filmed. You're the only photographer we know. (laughs) So so that was kind of cool.
1: That's great. I just, I'm writing that down. I got to listen to them again. I haven't listened to them in a long time. They were great.
2: I just want to circle back before we go forward too far. When you were going up, I, I love that image of um walking up to the backstage door and just being like, oh, I was supposed to be here. Because I did that a lot in high school as like a metal journalist. Where were you publishing those photos?
0: Uh nowhere. Back then I was nice. just bullshitting my way through. I okay. even, the biggest show I ever went to is I went to the Clash of the Titans tour, which was uh was it um anthrax i think it was megadeth anthrax and exodus is that right anthrax exodus anthrax exodus and halloween maybe that was no wait no
1: testament right
0: yeah (laughs) well brain doesn't work I, i believe it was clash of the titans yeah it was megadeth slayer and anthrax it was like the big four minus metallica that's right so I went to the backstage door and I was like, um, I was supposed to be on the list, but um, they said they don't have a photo pass for me. And back then they're like, no cell phones. Whatever. Oh, you know, the facts never came through with our photographer list. Here's a pass. <laughs> I <was> like, yes. <laughs> Okay, so you were
2: just taking the photos for the love of them,
0: pretty much. The first magazine I got published in was a German magazine, and it was just a, a German writer saw me in the crowd taking photos of, and I think it was a Chris Holmes show of all things, <laughs> and uh, and I used to just I lived in Hollywood, was going to concerts in LA at clubs. You usually, didn't need a photo pass for uh, a camera, so I would bring anybody. Semi famous that I knew former members of, Chris Holmes was playing. So I went and I brought my camera, and a, a German writer was there writing about, you know, Chris's Holmes new band. And uh, he asked me if he could have some of the photos to publish in a magazine. I'm pretty sure I didn't even get paid for it, but I was just so excited to be published. I was probably, I don't know, 19 and still in college.
1: That's really and, cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then how much, like, how much, how much have you been on the road with this?
0: Ooh, on the road, on the road's a weird thing. There's a weird aspect with being a female photographer that I'm very aware of. A lot of times it gets me privileged and special treatment, like security will clear everybody out of the photo pit, except for the fragile, uh, dainty female. But at the same time, wives don't want a female photographer touring with their husbands 90% of the time. Right. So my touring, uh, travels are very small and in between it's, it's, you know, doing three shows with fear factory cause they're all like brothers or, you know, going out on the road with, with my partner's bands or something like that. But yeah, it's actually very rare. I do. I do a lot of traveling, but to actually tour with the band, um, not so much.
1: So when you're traveling, how, like what, how does that work? Is the band hiring you Is a publication hiring you or is it for yourself? Like, or all the above, like what, how's that work?
0: I don't shoot for myself hardly ever anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My camera gear is really heavy nowadays and right. I shoot for myself. <laughs> Um, I'm sure it's like cooking for yourself, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Back in the 90s, it was the record label that would fly me out to cover a band for whatever magazine I worked for. Like I worked for Rip Magazine a lot. I worked for Metal Edge after that. I worked for Metal Maniacs. And then that turned into more recently, I primarily worked for Metal Hammer, Classic Rock. Prog rock, a lot of the um, English music magazines, because they still have nice, big, thick magazines. did a lot of stuff a while ago for Revolver before they kind of changed formats. And and they pretty much use their in-house person now. So the label would fly me out to get photos of their band for me to put in the magazines. More recently, it's been, it falls on the bands to pay for anything, which sucks you know, it's it's not the record label that's hiring me to do a testament or overkill photo shoot. It's Chuck Billy hiring me or it's Bobby Blitz hiring me. So it comes out of their own pocket. It all it makes me feel guilty. I would much rather get a paycheck from a record label than from a, a musician friend.
1: Right, sure. And I get it. How has the advent of cell phone culture? affected your profession, you personally, and the concert experience in your eyes?
0: The profession, I would say cell phones are great, but they're still not up to print quality. You can definitely tell the difference when you look at a photo, even on your 15-inch computer screen, the difference between a a cell phone photo and a camera photo. As far as the live experience goes, it's an evil you have to work around, most of the time I'm in a photo pit that's if people don't know what a photo pit is, it's the barricade between the fans and the band. So for a live setting, I'm in the where the security is for the first three songs is typical. Right. So cell phones are all behind me. You know, you got to watch for stage divers. And I'm pretty good at that. You know, you kind of have to have eyes in the back of your head. You watch for when security goes to grab them. Um, but there's places like in L.A., the Wiltern, they put photographers behind the general admission crowd. So it's only about 20 feet back, which isn't horrible, but to try and get a photo of somebody's guitar is near impossible because you have all the fans with their arms up in the air and holding their cell phones. So I can pretty Sit much- up in get that, some, like, that
1: raised area or is it still on the floor?
0: So they put, they put us on, there's like a handicap ramp that goes up to yeah, the yeah. first level. So we're yeah. on the ramp. So we're a little bit lower than the first level up even. So, you know, I'm not seven feet tall. I'm like an average female height. So, you know, sometimes I'll step on my case to try and get over the fans or bring a little step stool. Some photographers hate that. I'm like, do what you can do if you're short, you know, you know, don't block the whole area because, you know, we got to share it with. Sometimes up to eighty other photographers, depending on the. Show.
1: That's that's actually a good lead into a question I wanted to ask you, which is, what's the competition like in the photo pit? What's it like? Is it is it friendly competition? Can it get a little nasty from time to time? Like <laughs> you just mentioned, people don't like the step stool. Like why don't they like the step stool? And like tell tell us about it.
0: So I would say there's a small group, a fairly small group of professional photographers that have been doing this a long time. That no etiquette, but like with anything, you know, people will go backstage and drink the band's beer just because they see there's beer out and not realize that's for the band. Same kind of thing goes with the photo pit. There'll be people in a small area that's no more than maybe two and a half feet deep with like giant backpacks on and a step stool. And, you know, or they'll, I've had a photographer. I use the term lightly <laughs> come in front of me with his camera to take a photo and it was like there was only two people in the photo pit it was a queen's show in sacramento it was me and him but because the singer was coming up and posing for me this other guy thought he would jump in front of me and i get a little when it's that abrupt i've been doing it long enough where i can be like dude not cool right do it again <laughs> we're gonna have a problem but um yeah it's it's kind of cool like sometimes I go into a photo pit and I still think I'm you know 20 years old and everybody looks at me like I'm the older statesman there's very few people from my older generation like when I started getting into photography like I was the young kid in the photo pit now all those people have retired and they pretty much publish books and you know will publish their old photos but uh um, I'm one of the older ones that will still shoot live, and because there's not a lot of money in it. You know, like I, I make the majority of my income from session shoots nowadays live because digital, you know, it, it's much easier for somebody to take a thousand shots of a band in three songs and pick out two decent photos on automatic. Um, back when I started, it was all film and it was expensive. I, it cost me about per roll of film to buy the film and get it developed and processed. So we are 1920. If you shoot three rolls of film of Metallica, that's like $90. That's a lot of money for, you know, a kid in college. So um, the competition is definitely way higher. The etiquette is good with the professionals, the people that shoot for legitimate publications or, or newspapers or whatever are all good. It's usually the younger fanzines. It just, they just don't know any better. And sometimes they get schooled. That sounds mean.
1: So you know, when you started, like you said, there were no cell phones. There was also, you know, very little digital. Um, you know, people go, people go to the net, people go online now to read their. I go online and read my metal news for, for the most part. I mean, so how how have you had to adapt in that sense um, with with print magazines going out of business left and right?
0: So that is definitely a major bummer. Um, the and why I still shoot for British magazines. You know, I shop for Rip and Metal Edge and Metal Maniacs, and you know, a lot of U.S. magazines, even Revolver, that no longer pay for for photos. Guitar World, they they no longer pay for any photos other than the cover. So, it's it's the magazine market is really slim nowadays. Um, I've have I've had a really good working relationship with Metal Hammer. Um, And part of it is because I've been around so long, uh, I don't get starstruck. You know, I'm like, I'm a super fan of lots of these bands. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm shooting D. Snyder today. (laughs) And I feel like a total dork. But, you know, I've loved D since I was a little kid. So yeah, I'm going to be a dork. But in person, it's like, hey, man, how's it going?
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, sure. No, so get
0: it. so like Revolver hired me a long time ago to do like their golden gods backstage stuff because I knew a lot of the people and because I wasn't going to be the 20 year old photographer that was going to be like, hey, will you sign my whatever? You know, it's I take pictures of people. I, I rarely take pictures with people. I, I sometimes if I'm a goober fan and the person's cool, like, say, Chris Santos, I might ask for a selfie. I think I did the first time we met. Stop it! Oh my
3: um,
0: God. But but the my my main income now from photography is record labels and bands hiring me for album artwork, posters, T-shirts, promo photos. Because even though it's all online, but before you would have a magazine or you know Blabbermouth or whatever Rolling Stone online pay for the photos. Now more common, it's the artist or it's the record label that pays for the photos
1: you mentioned the golden gods and i i don't think i've really told the story to many people except for those that were there to witness it i was um a presenter at the golden gods with jessica Pementhal. um and we were presenting best album i think to gojira i'm pretty sure that's what it was and uh this is maybe four years ago and i also catered the event my restaurants uh, did, did all the food this was that it was i thought it was at webster hall i think and uh So, you know, I got there early and, you know, and then there was like a VIP hour. So, you know, all the A-listers were back there eating my food and we're having drinks. And, you know, I had a suit on and and Jessica was dressed nice, but they kept pushing back our presentations and we kept drinking and we kept drinking and we kept drinking. And And so we were fine. I mean, we weren't weren't like wasted, but we were definitely a little bit drunk, but we were like, oh, it's fine. There's a teleprompter. Like, no problem. Of course, sure enough, when it's Jessica and I get called up to, to, to do the nominees for best album, the fucking teleprompter went out. And we had to like wing it, and we were drunk. Suffice it to say that we haven't been asked back, so I don't know how well that really went.
2: Oh
0: no! <laughs>
1: that I just
2: realized that was the first time I ever saw you.
1: <laughs> we were able to get the award into 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 their hands, but uh, geez, that was I mean, man, that was awful. But anyway, gold to
2: gods. So I had a couple things I wanted to get into with you. One thing because you kind of have a unique perspective. You were talking about the shrinking magazine market in America, and this is something I like to talk to a lot of people about. Why do you think there's so many more great magazines in Germany and the UK as opposed to in America where it increasingly feels like we have decibel and not much else?
0: Well, I would say metal seems to be more popular in places like Germany. and
2: Sure. There's no American equivalent really of like classic rock magazine or prog magazine.
0: I mean that's true, and I think it's just you know that they have such a bigger market in general for music. It seems. Um, I mean, classic rock is huge, and nobody here even knows what it is. I don't even know what would compare it to uh, Rolling Stone. Not even Rolling Stone.
2: That's kind of my point. But classic rock is music, and Rolling Stone is like culture.
0: Right. Yeah, I would say the same as w- why is there Download Fest and Donning or a uh, uh and and uh, Hellfest and here we get OzFest and Notfest, and it's only in the like, bigger markets. I mean, even May- the Mayhem Festival was awesome. And I mean, I did so many Mayhem Festivals, and it vanished, too. You know, it's, it's- Americans suck when it comes to metal. How's that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's our pull quote
1: for the you know, episode title. So. <laughs> it's funny. I was, I was talking to John and Eleni Reese just earlier today, and we were talking about the good old Mayhem Days.
0: Yep. We ran into them at Beauty and Essex even.
2: Yep. 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 The other thing I wanted to get into with you is I was talking about this a lot with one of the photographers I work with the most. Like how much does the editing process impact your work? Because I feel like that's what takes often what takes a good photo to a great photo. Like how much time are you budgeting for editing? What? How do you approach that sort of thing to like make it seem more, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yep. Oh, you hit the. Uh, that's that's a sore subject a little bit because oh, I'm
1: sorry. You know,
0: no, no, no. Don't get. He always me wrong. does this.
1: Every podcast, he does this
0: because of just my age. I fall right in between the the digital realm and the film realm. I definitely started off in film and now shoot exclusively digitally. So back then it's what you sh- shot is what you shot is what you got. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I learned and all my spooling was learned how to get it in the camera. Don't be lazy. Like do it there. Um, for example, I did a shoot with Arch Enemy uh, backstage at the Wiltern for um, Metal Hammer. And Michael Mott was like, Oh my God, no one ever does this. I had like colored filters and, and we had like, you know, pink gel on the singer's hair and all this stuff. And he was thought it was so cool. And I'm like, well, so I am a average Photoshop person. Um, I use Lightroom to mass edit my shots, but I would say the majority, 90% of my shots are what I shot. Wow. And I I might touch up a little like, you know, booger in somebody's nose or, you know, make somebody a little bit thinner, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> i want to say chris lost a ton of weight between the like he and like the year gap where i didn't see him because of covid i was like wow
1: yeah a little bit i lost a little bit still got a ways to go
2: got to get you on people again
1: we're getting met ma- yeah we're getting married in 40 weeks 40 weeks from yesterday or 40 weeks from sunday so Woo-hoo! so i've got to lose uh, i want to lose takeoff to another 20 by then so half a pound a week i mean I, if i can't do that i'm doing it wrong
0: So back to Photoshop. I have nothing against it. I think it's amazing. Some of the photos are brilliant that that are created. I tend to usually create in the camera, but that being said, I'm in the process of updating my website and Anders from the singer from Flames, he kept telling me he wanted me to take a photo of them from the dressing room and make it vintage. And I must've sent him 20 different examples. And he's like, no, you don't understand. And He's Swedish so I'm like is there a language barrier like he speaks pretty good English come to find out his idea of vintage photos was from the 70s not the 1800s so I'm doing like these old timey photos <laughs> and he wanted vintage film photos from the 70s so I just put it on my on my site and it's got a really cool like photoshop filter effect where it looks like you know uh color film is warped and deteriorated so I do do it it's not my primary
2: Absolutely business. that that makes it so many of your shots even crazier like that's awesome
0: i mean i did a shoot with joey vera from armored saint for a, a harkey ad which is his amp company yeah. and he wanted to be a zombie i dug a hole in my backyard and i had like smoke machines <laughs> and he's he's got zombie makeup crawling out of a hole and i'm like i'm sure some photoshop artists could do that like by drawing but i'm like no let's do it in the camera
2: no the practical effects are way cooler yeah
0: absolutely
1: Awesome. We won't talk about who you don't like working with, but let's talk about who are some of your favorite artists to work with? What are some of your favorite shoots been? Maybe answer both.
0: You know, everybody always asks, who did you hate the most to shoot? And I always have the same answer. You, and you can it's tell okay. us. I didn't want to put I you in that I don't know spot. the person. I mean, there's been other people that I'm like, I won't tell you because I've seen him at your restaurant, but that I don't particularly care for working with. But the biggest ass ever was the drummer from Hansen of all bands and it, oh, really? the Umbop kids. <laughs> and it wasn't even at the height of their career. It was like they were trying to make a comeback. And I was doing a shoot for Yahoo music. And the little drummer boy was such just an arrogant jerk. I was like, I'm out. I'm all I I, I I'm not making enough to take your crap. So I walked out. Really? But, like, what was uh, you doing? Um, just like, you're ruining my vibe. And I'm like, sorry, I'm like, what can I do? And he's like, ah. he was just, he was having a bad day and throwing a diva fit. And I was having no part of it. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you know, the, the, don't you know who I am? I'm like, yeah, nobody. So <laughs> 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 yeah, I know who you are nobody. So I was, um, a ter-
1: I was a terrible subject too. I don't like getting my picture taken. And I was feeling very fat. that all.
0: day. Well, okay. So two things when the I secret comes out,
1: I was feeling extremely fat that day. And so number
0: one, I, I work really well with people that I admire or like. So Testament, Death Angel, Sacred Reich, these bands that I grew up on. Um, and I am also a hardcore Chop fan. So I hit up Slagle way before I met you. And it's like, dude, now that Santos <laughs> is part of Metal Blade, I need to do a photo shoot. So when I came into that, I was disappointed because Vince told me he had a studio set up. I didn't realize it was a spare bedroom in his house, and it was so small; it wasn't really meant for a photo studio. But I just rolled with it. You were there. I was like, "All right, we'll make it happen." But our next shoot is going to be a proper studio.
1: Yeah, well, we are we are launching an online store. It's it's being it's endlessly delayed, but um, but I definitely need a new photo shoot, so I'm coming to you, and I will come thin, and I will come not hungover, and I will come with confidence this time.
0: And so because I shoot in the camera, as I was telling you and Matt, I, I always try and tell people like, um, Hey, you know, can you got, you got a little like booger here or, you know, Hey, like John Bush one time, he had a tank top on, he had furry shoulders. I'm like, we're going to have to shave your shoulders. Like I'm not touching all that up. And I think I even did that to you. I'm like, Hey, Chris, can you suck it in a little bit when I count to three? And you yeah. look at me, you're like, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Better now than having to touch it up later. Yeah. Just uh, go go. So I apologize. No, you look you look amazing, by the way. Okay, so back to what artists I do love. um Death Angel. Uh, I've been a fan of theirs since I was a teenager. So when I started working with them, it was amazing. You know, I I went and shot Zach Wilde at his house and I had such a fun time with him. His wife at one point had to say, Zach, shut the fuck up. She needs to hurry up and finish the shoot. You have another thing coming on because he's such a, a comedian. Creative people, like working with Joey Vera of Armored Saint or Fate's Warning. You know, Joey has a really creative mind. So he definitely always has like a ton of ideas that are a lot of extra work for me, but then the photos come out amazing. Um, Testament, I mean, Chuck Billy... And his wife are like two of the nicest people on the planet. And uh, I mean, they're like, come stay at our house when you do photo shoots. I'm like, who does that? Uh, but I mean, I'm because I'm old, I, I tend to gravitate to people who I worshipped in high school. So for me, it's like Alice Cooper and T. Snyder. I'm like doing shoots sessions with them. And back to your other question, I prefer them both. Sessions pay better, but I, I like them both for different reasons. It's like two different kinds of junk food. I like them both.
1: Um, Chuck Billy's great. We've become friends in the later part of my life, but I totally get it because I I tried to have a, I tried to launch a fanzine when I was about 16 and I got some great interviews, nuclear assault, Voivod, Testament. And I remember going on the bus and interviewing Chuck Billy. I still have the notebook with all the questions and all the answers. I still have the cassette. That's awesome. But he's so big. And I was 16 and I was so intimidated. And I was, I, I mean, the questions I was asking, I look back at them now, they were just so dumb, but
0: anyway, <laughs> he answered them all and we became friends later in life. So it's really cool. That's how I knew you were legit. When we did the photo shoot, you know, somebody says celebrity, even if they're a C or D level celebrity, somebody says they're into metal. I'm like, whatever. It's Jason Momoa who likes Metallica, right? I'm like, I don't buy that. They're really metal. Um, or anthrax, you know they can pick out one metal band and when I asked you you're like oh like I was into death and I interviewed Testament for my fanzine I was like (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) somebody didn't pull out oh I like Metallica and Nickelback like no
1: (laughs) oh god Nickelback god (laughs) oh Anyway, so we only have a couple of minutes to wrap this up. I have a question. So during the pandemic,
0: did did work slow down, or did you just adapt the way you worked, or what did you do? Work came to a screeching halt. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, especially for for what I do. You know, a lot of times the sessions I'm shooting are for Metal Hammer. You know, the magazine sends me out and goes, "Hey, you know, we have asking Alexandria. They're going to be at the where a rainbow. We want you to do a photo shoot with them, or can you go to John Five's house and do a session?" Uh, for Guitar World and that kind of thing. But nobody wanted to be around anybody, including myself, in fear. So what I did to kind of keep active is first I sold off. I finally got cleaned out my office closet and got rid of all my music memorabilia um, that I had as a kid. And that sort of floated me. And then all the stuff I had from working in the music industry, I donated to 100% to charity. So, Music Cares, the Ronnie James Dio Foundation, like, um, because I had stuff like I used to work for Sony Music. I had an autographed corn lithograph, and I'm like, it's huge, and I'm like, my office is only so big; I can't house all this stuff. And I was like, I like corn, but am I ever going to hang that on my wall? Right. No. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I did a I lot have an of ex- that. I have
1: an Exodus poster that's probably it's got to be eight feet long by four feet, five feet high signed by all the guys on the um, fabulous disaster and they all signed it and it's huge. I'm never going to hang it up anywhere, but I just can't bear to part with it.
0: I have an anthrax one, same thing. It's like four feet by eight feet and it's signed mm-hmm. by all the guys, but I'm like, I'm not going to hang that up. Yeah. I see, I see Scott at, at Tracy and Joey's barbecues. I'm not, I'm right? not, not going to have that in my house. So besides doing all the eBay stuff, I uh, did some photoshopping shopping for bands. So bands were like, Hey, can you take this old photo and make it a different background? So it looks new um, can you add a different band member in? So I was <laughs> right. I was doing compute, you know, people change band members and they need a new photo to put out. So doing that kind of stuff. John Five lives about a mile from me and he's hired me to do probably four or five photo shoots during the pandemic, which is very kind of him.
1: So small world. I have not met John. Well, I met John on uh, Mayhem, but I don't know him at all. But he, one of my best friends is Paul timmon who's a tattoo artist at sunset strip tattoo and tattoos me sometimes. And he just tattooed John five's kid last week and put us on a group text. And I, I invited John into the restaurant, but I also invited him to be on this podcast and he graciously agreed. So I haven't met him yet, but he's going to be on the podcast.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't have a date yet. Cause he just left for tour. So he said to give him a couple of weeks, you know, until he figures out where he's going to be because all this touring stuff that's happening right now is all up in the air too, you know?
0: It makes me a little nervous too. I've had a couple of friends playing the whiskey and they're like, hey, we've come out. I'm like, I don't really want to be in a crowded whiskey yet. You know, and it's like, you know, I, I've been toying around with, you know, festivals and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, at least I'm kind of away. I could be away from people and outside, but I'm still a little a nervous pansy. So,
1: yeah, I am too. Like you know psycho fest where where is this will air in a couple of weeks, but psycho's in happening this weekend. I'm not going to that because I have to work most of the nights, but but I am going to a big boxing match. Um, at the T-Mobile arena and it's sold out That's 22,000 people and it's indoors and it's, and it's a fight. People are going to be screaming and yelling. And I'm like, I'm, I'm vaccinated and I, and I'm, I'm very safe, but I'm like a little bit worried about like going. I really, I, I really am. I'm
0: vaccinated and I wear my mask at all times. I've done, I think I did maybe four or five sessions during the last, you know, pandemic era. I think Testament was the last shoot I did right before they went on tour and everybody in their tour got sick and then pandemic hit and, nothing but um I ended up doing friends so like Dino Cazares from Fear Factory good friend so he was like hey can we do this and I I got a studio it was a a giant like warehouse I wore a mask the whole time I stayed away from them uh same kind of thing with um there's this guy uh Jake Dryer amazing guitar player he has a band called Witherfall and uh I met him when he was 15 he used to be a a student of my boyfriend's and I did shoot for his band same thing and then simon phillips who was the drummer from toto he has a jazz ensemble called protocol he had me out to his house saying out in a garage doors open so it's mostly been friends keeping me afloat which which is nice metal metal community right
1: yeah we might maybe well maybe i'll have you over here to do some stuff soon too i'm i'm uh I'm in need of some new photos. All right, listen, we got to we gotta wrap this up. We do have one. We do have our, our, our segment. Our one segment. <laughs> our, yeah, our one segment. Yeah.
0: I know what it is. You do? My guilty pleasure. I listen.
1: All right. It's guilty pleasure time.
0: <laughs> the problem with me is, is I'm very outgoing and I don't have a lot of guilt about anything I do. <laughs> so I was trying to think of things that I was guilty about and I'm like, I diet real hard so I can eat a lot of sugar, but I'm like, that's not guilt. I'm like... Big deal. I listen to hair metal sometimes, but I would say I had to think about this hard.
1: I listen to hair metal all the time.
0: It wasn't hair metal in the eighties. It was just metal.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Right.
0: You could listen to Slayer and Dawkin. It was okay.
1: I just bought tickets actually to see Dawkin at the Whiskey. I'm like so excited. I never saw them. I never saw them back in the day. Oh wow! Is that the original lineup? Uh, not Mick Brown. He's not playing drums, but everybody else: George Lynch and and, and Jeff and, and that was Don. my first
0: concert. Dokken That's and sick. Neo.
1: And because of. Um, because I'm old and don't want to deal with, you know, I'm sh- relatively short. And because of COVID, I, I decided to get a table uh, for two up on the balcony, which in 2021 $20, dollars is $600 to see Dawkins. Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: but I did that's it. Cool. That's how much it. of a lifer I am. <laughs> I was like, I have to see, I have to see the show and I don't really want to be around a million people. So here we go. 600 bucks. They better, it better be good. It, be- it better be good. Guilty pleasure. Let's go.
0: Freak shows. I love oddities. Freak shows. My six hundred pound life. The two-headed girl. I mean, I'm obsessed by my six hundred pound life. Um, anything that's kind of like a freak show. I I got way into like body mods and like the Jim Rose Circus, the Torture King. Um, Stephanie, I, love- I have a
1: whole room in my house here called the Coney Island room. That is the entire, all the walls are, fi- are all memorabilia from like uh, old time Coney Island stuff, freak show stuff. I've got, I've got like bearded lady figurines. Like I got all this stuff. You have to stay in this room when you come over.
0: I would love it. I love freak shows. Like I love you, anything freaky.
2: you. You'd appreciate Stephanie before we started this podcast, we were going to call it the freak show. And then we found out Twisted have a freak show spelled with two E's. So. Uh.
0: so. Dude, it's like I'm worried that you and I might be related. I heard that your family's from the Azores and so is mine. So I was like, yep. uh oh. Yeah. Something like we both love freak shows and metal. <laughs> like, what's yep. the, what's the, I don't know. The, oh, I can't wait to have
1: you over here now to, for a barbecue or something because you're going to love this room. It's like all oh, freak show.
0: I, I mean, I am like obsessed. I, there used to be the Venice Beach Freak Show and I would go and I'm like, I'd be like talking to the like the wolf boy and like the Pierce guy and like anything. But yeah.
1: That's rad. Where I grew up, there's a, there still is a 4th of July carnival every year, but they don't do this anymore. But when I was growing up, they had a freak show element and they had like Lobster Boy and they had like, you know, and so I, like when I was eight, nine years old, I was first exposed to that and I was just like, whoa. And so, yeah, I've been a fan. I'm actually doing um, Michelle Miles from Daredevil Tattoo in New York and Paul from Sunset Strip are both tag teaming and I'm doing an ankle to hip uh, Coney Island freak show inspired sleeve.
0: Oh, Wow. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of pain. Well,
0: I can't wait to see your room.
1: Yeah, listen, Stephanie, we got to run, which is which sucks because right. this has been so I know, much I fun. I like I was boring. I
0: didn't tell you any good no,
1: stories. That was super fun. <laughs> well, the, the the you were not boring. You were super awesome and fun. But also, we really this is a kind of podcast where we're going to have you on again. You know, we're gonna re- we're gonna revisit you next year when the world's theoretically more back to normal and you're you're doing your thing a little bit more and we'll catch up on what you're doing. But where can people find you on Instagram, and socials, all that stuff?
0: Absolutely. So it's Stephanie D. Cabral, D as in dog or Denise Cabral on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Stephanie Cabral Photography on Facebook. And then my website is just stephaniecabral.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you. Um, And thanks for being a guest. You're super cool. Love you. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Love you guys. All
1: right. So that was awesome.
0: Thank you everyone out there for listening to
1: Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more, and above all, keep it heavy.